We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, my name is Dan Connick, and uh, we're one person short in our, our trio today. It's uh, just me and uh, my partner, Matt Fralick, today. Matt, uh, are we going to be okay without Janelle? She's the glue. We will. Of this, we will. Of this whole crew. But... Janelle, Janelle holds it down. I feel like she talks you and I off a ledge once in a while. Uh, yeah, that's I... true. You know, I in in all seriousness, I like to joke around, but uh, Janelle is missing because uh, she has a parent or parent uh, coaches meeting tonight for the softball team she coaches. So I give her a lot of credit. Just it's another another thing on her plate that she's doing. But uh, I, it's that time of the year for me too, Dan. In two weeks, we have pitchers and catchers reporting for the uh, baseball team. I'll be coaching at Green Bay Southwest, so it's just it's gearing up. Like it doesn't seem that way, but like the weather. I don't know about in Detroit area or uh, but about fifty five today. Yeah, so you even I mean you're getting a heat wave that way. Ours yeah. is like 40 or 45, so it's the one of the one of the coaches yesterday, he goes, "Yeah, we're probably going to be like on the turf in the next week and a half." I'm like, "That's very optimistic." So, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, uh it's just you and I holding it down. I think I think we can manage though. We'll see what we can do. For we'll, sure. We'll we'll muddle through and, and get something out here. Um so uh right off the bat, Matt, um before we got into the meat of our episode, I think we wanted to kind of address uh, a few things floating around the Packer Twitterverse at the moment. Um, you know, obviously, with uh, we just wrapped up the combine, and so we're officially now in 100% percent 
off-season draft mode and every and everything that comes along with that, which includes free agency um, and rumor you know, season. It's rumor, rumor season. That's exactly that's the best way to put it. It's just complete rumor season and really more uh, to the point. It's complete BS season because pretty much everything you hear is going to be BS, mm-hmm. but it still has to be talked about because you know, I mean, some of it's going to actually come true. Um, you know, one of the big things, Matt, is uh, the impending free agency of a couple of key Packer players, and Brian Villagas, uh one of those. Um, and the way that the kind of the weather vane is pointing right now, uh, from stuff that we're hearing around uh, around the league and around the area, um, uh, we'll give credit um, to uh, the guy Matt Schneidman um, from the Athletic, covers the Packers. Um, yeah, you know, the the topic came up with him, and he was kind of saying some stuff about it. Of that, it, it really seems like Brian Balaga is going to be gone, at least from kind of the the stuff that he's hearing around the the league. And I know, you know, Matt, I'm sure you've seen it, and I've seen it. Uh, you know, all the like the different like polls and predictions of if you can keep this free agent over this one and this with this combo, who do you keep? And you know, for me, I always felt Brian Balaga was kind of the um, the, the most important one mm-hmm. going in going into this off season, um, but yeah, from what Matt Schneiman was kind of um, saying again, not not confirming anything yeah. or saying that it, there was there was any kind of real fact behind it, but just kind of the general vibe that he gets is that uh, Balaga probably played his last uh, last down as a Packer for sure, and it was just it was basically like not what he hopes the article like. Mind you, right. it's not what he hopes the Packers will do. It's just what he thinks the Packers will do. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, I'm not even going to really say who it was, but a lot of people took it and ran with it across the board. Packers Twitter, it leaked into like an Instagram account or two, and even some like across the board in Minnesota towards Janelle's way, some accounts. So it's it's one of those things where I think either Matt Schneidman said it in his article or even in the comments, it was if we go like back a year ago, like everyone was talking about how like we needed to replace Brian Bulaga and like Billy Turner was kind of the savior to that right side of the line. So it's mm-hmm. funny now to look forward and like you and I are in the same camp, Dan of, yeah, I still want Brian Bulaga. Like he was solid. He had a super good year. Like the only game he really missed is he was actually active, but he was just sick. So it would be nice to bring back Bulaga, but it, who knows who knows what's going to happen if they're going to you know they do have a little bit more flexibility with billy turner right there if they slide him over the right they could get uh lucas patrick in there play me on the right side to the right guard like in valdir you don't know what's going on so there's that possibility but again it's a rumor season that's s-c-s-z-n rumor season so uh all in all like brian blog is still on the team we'll see what he gets paid but um yeah, I'm excited for this episode, Dan. I think it's going to be fun to just figure out who knows what and who knows rumors and lies about the CBA. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and that and that is our um, our topic today. Uh, you know, for me, Matt, the CBA, uh, it's that one thing that comes around. It's like the World Cup almost. You know, I don't follow. I follow um, English soccer and a little bit of like European okay. stuff and some of the MLS. But like the national stuff, there's always stuff going on when there's not the World Cup. But the World Cup only happens every four years, and that's when you actually really start to care about it and and learn about everybody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the CBA is the same way. Mm-hmm. Like it comes around every ten years. I don't really pay attention to it, and then ten every ten years, I get like you know, involved with it. Well, I should say every 10 years, it's only really happened like 
this is like the second time when I've been, you know, able to really process what's going yeah. on. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very juicy. There's a lot going into it. And I think that, you know, the idea that it only comes around every 10 years kind of makes for it to, to be a little bit interesting as well. And I think we wanted to kind of break down, uh, you know, our look at what is being proposed right now, um, you know, look at it from kind of both sides of the coin, who it's benefiting, where where it's kind of probably going to be some of the changes that we haven't seen yet. And then I think also, too, we want to take a look at um, the CBA from our perspective and what kind of changes would we make to it. Uh, if we could be in on the boardroom and have a chance to, you know, put something into the CBA, what is uh, that, you know, couple of things that we'd like to see uh, make its way in there? So, mm-hmm. um, and I, before we get into it, Matt, I want to preface that if you're really looking to get super into what the CBA is all about, um, go find everything that Dominique Foxworth, yeah. uh, from ESPN has done because, um, you know, that guy, he is not only is he just plain straight up one of the smartest like people that I've ever like, you know, gotten to read all their stuff or just kind of get information from he's super intelligent but though he was in that um you know all of those negotiations last time in 2011 um so he's he's got the he's got the inside knowledge of how things kind of work and and really take a look at it so if you're looking for real in-depth stuff uh highly recommend him you and i are just kind of going off of what we've uh read and and try to figure out ourselves Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. And but, that's the thing too, Dan. I want to like again, yeah. if it, if you want real hardcore data, like go find Dominique Foxworth. Dude is super smart. He's like with the NFL and the NFLP. He's gotten involved with like the Senate and Congress before in the past, and just mm-hmm. legislation. Like he's he's an intelligent guy, and he was a darn good quarterback for the uh, for the Broncos for a while back in the day. But uh, again, like we aren't experts, and we're trying to fill it in. And at the same point, Dan, like there isn't a lot of hard data out there it's a lot of hearsay it's a lot of like here's the five six seven eight things that everyone's talking about that is Mm -hmm. the it's pretty much the owners from what it sounds like is leaking to the media but we don't really know what the multiple hundred page document really looks like and i think we'll touch on that a little bit as we get into it maybe why the player reaction is as such but um no one really knows exactly what's going on right now because there's no we don't have the full document all we're getting is like you know, 280 characters on Twitter and maybe a link from a, a different article that, that that's all we're really gathering right now at this point for like hardcore data. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the, the kind of the breakdown of it, um, if, if you still haven't kind of seen it or, or been familiar with it, the, the biggest thing is the revenue split, obviously, um, it could jump. What they're saying is that it could be up to 48% for, the players, um, I think, uh, I think it was about 46%. 40, I think I, it's like 46 and a half it starts yeah. at. And I think over three right. years it goes up a half a percentage. So I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And so the, you know, so the, the big thing is that it, it you know, quote unquote will give uh, or, or mean about $5 billion more to the players. Um the other big thing, actually, honestly, you could probably say it's the biggest thing, Matt, is the idea of um, the extra the extra game onto mm-hmm. the season. 17, mm-hmm. 17 regular season games, the change to the playoff format where more teams are getting in and only one team gets a bye. 
Um, so I, for, so just as a, as a, you know, thousand yard view from this, what's your biggest takeaway from kind of the stuff that's getting leaked out? You know, what's, when you look at it, what do you look in and see like that really stuck out to you? For sure. Uh, so first and foremost, yeah, like you said, Dan, the increase in profit is great. Um, and the half a percentage is like half a percentage isn't much. Like if you and I are going to buy a car, Dan, like half a percent, mm-hmm. we're like, eh, whatever. Like it's an extra 20 bucks and I'm going to get like leather seats. That's cool. Like a half a percentage now in this revenue bargaining, what did you say it was? It, it's like, I think it's, I think it breaks down to like a hundred million dollars each half a percent. It goes up. Mm-hmm. If, and then that, that boils actually down to only like $70,000 per player per year. So it is a lot of money. Like I've never made 70, $70,000 in my like in a calendar year, but these players are going to be able to make, you know, additional cash on top of what they're already making. So that's important to note. And then it increases for three years, the half a percentage. So at, at the certain point, you'd be getting close to that, you know, quarter million dollar range over three years time. If you're still in the league, the right. second is the more games like, and that this has been the push since, you know, 10 years ago, it was, you know, what are we going to do? 17 games. Is it 18 games? Do we get rid of two preseason games. Do we get rid of one preseason game? Um, so that was kind of always on the table and at least in the back of my head, like, okay, at some point it's going to happen. Like, I don't even think it was a, I think it was, it's it's always been on the table. And that was the, one of the chips that the, the owners always knew that they would have at least for leverage, you know, come now. Mm -hmm. But the, the one that's really kind of, you know, that you mentioned that sticks out to me is the expanded playoffs. Like that one kind of slapped me by the head. Like I didn't expect that. That was a, that wasn't anything I really was anticipating I could you know and and especially if you're combining that with the regular season extension like that's that's an extra potentially two more games someone have to play if they made the wild card and you know obviously they added the 17th game that's just a lot more wear and tear on the body the players are already concerned about that um and then you know branching off that I, I did hear from Pat McAfee when I listened to his show the other day I think it was like last week he talked about uh the implementation of free healthcare and then actually on former players being able to have access to that. And of course, you know, him being a former player and whatever, he's like, well, yeah, I would love that. But I, you know, I understand like there are reasons why, you know, getting this extra revenue, getting this free healthcare, it's not, you know, it's not apples to apples just when you're getting extra games. There has to be some other stuff within this document that we're not seeing. And that's the problem that we're, you know, we're coming across is that there's players, I would say 95% of them are pissed off. And that we're talking the big hitters like J.J. Watt, our beloved Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. uh, Pouncey. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw his video, but holy oh, yeah. cow. <laughs> dude, dude was amped. He was not happy about it. Go look that up. Uh, yeah. Richard Sherman obviously is always going to take the player side. He's, you know, he – it's safe to say he doesn't like um, business, you know, billion dollar businessmen. Uh, Quandre Diggs, like those are just to name a few. There was one dude, um, I think it's the the player uh, represented for the Lions. Is it Kennard? Uh, mm-hmm. He he was like the one that actually wants for it because he he just saw the dollar. It seemed like, and then Richard Sherman got into his you know his Twitter replies, and I think they hashed it out. But it, that's stirring some controversy within locker rooms too, because like now you're well, splitting guys up. So go ahead. Well, and, and on top of that, today, um, it was uh, it was um, reported by Peter King um, from uh, the New York Giants, Nate Solder, uh, the offensive tackle, came out and said that he supports what the 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 proposal that came in the, the CBA now. So you know, there's there 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 is a split on 
on this in the, in the player's side of things, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. A lot no. of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of like crosstalk between, you know, players need to be completely 100% one way or the other to show solidarity. But I mean, this is, this is a negotiation of, you know, a, a labor agreement, but probably in the, you could say is the biggest labor agreement in the country at this point, mm-hmm. you know, um, with, with all the money that's going between so few of you know, employees. Um, so I think dissent and disagreement is, is good, is good for the conversation. Um, you know, for me, I think the, I think the biggest thing that, that came from it again was that, you know, there's, there's this push to add more and more games, but there's, there's really no like give back on the owner side of that, from the game side, which really kind of makes me question how badly they want 17 games. Is it more just a bargaining chip kind of thing? Because, you know, there's, there's really no benefit for the players because it, it just adds to the risk of another injury. There's no extra bye week to compensate for the added game and the game check, um, is is capped at two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, at least for the first couple of years, um, mm-hmm. as they you know kind of prorate the contracts out and everything. So at least for the first couple of years, you've got a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, guys that are in the last you know part of their career. Um, you know, by no means are they hurting for money, but they're the ones going out there and putting basically their career on the line every single time they go out and play the game. Cause it, it, it honestly could be the last time every single time for some of these guys. And they're going to be making less money in these next couple of years, which could be really the only years they have left. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it really makes me kind of wonder how, how much the, the, how much this is actually something that they really want um, because there's really no much benefit for the players. And uh, you know, like like i i just you're always just looking for the piece like what what's the other piece yeah um but and i think that's other... and i think that's just what we're missing right now dan like why like i don't see how like you're adding more games right and i right. get that and i'm like i'm in the camp of like i love football i understand the health risks that go behind it and i think everyone that plays football at this point we know what the health risks are behind it. it's not really smoke and mirrors anymore so I think we can understand, like, it, football's mm-hmm. great. I want more football. But at the same point, like, I, f- I'm not the one strapping up and going to play. However, I'm going to look at the player or the actual human being and be like, I don't really think you're getting compensated that well. Like, the the extra money is great from revenue, but at the end of the day, like, you're going to play, let's just say you play eight eight more years, right? You play an extra, you know, you start right now, you're drafted this year, and let's, obviously, they're not, installing the cba this year would be like the following year even two years after the fact once you have the 17 game like you so let's say you're a rookie in 2022 you play 17 games and then your team makes the playoffs and like you multiply all those extra games you have to play if you weren't if you were drafted maybe 10 years prior it's going to add up to multiple seasons like it's going to be a season and a half like you're taking money off the table that you actually could have made in a yearly contract and like you said like what it just doesn't seem apples to apples. Like it's something's missing and it clearly seems like it doesn't really 
balance out if all these players are saying no. Like if it was more of a majority 50-50 split, I could maybe see maybe that they're just maybe guys maybe want to be more greedy. They want more compensation. They want, you know, uh, private jets like Roger Goodell tried to get. Like at some point, there ha- we have to get all the data collected to see really – if it's fair and I'm not going to read the whole report, I'm just going to take the blurbs from it, but it just doesn't seem like it adds up right now. Yeah. And, and the thing too is, you know, we can't speak for what the players actually value. You know, we, yeah. Like if we're looking at it as an outside observer, like the extra game, it seems unnecessary from the health risk, but to them, it honestly could like, they really, you know, couldn't care you know, maybe some of them like they they see that extra money and they say that it's worth the the risk to, you know, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can't necessarily just we can we can talk about this, but, you know, we can't just say blanket like, you know, it, like it can't happen because of health risk or because some of these people, you know, it, it really could, um, you know, benefit benefit them on that side. And the thing, too, I think we have to look at, Matt, is the the timing of this um because you know it's kind of dominic foxworth was was mentioning in some of the stuff that i heard was that you know it really simply came out of nowhere that this you know all of a sudden here's the cba proposal you know there was mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of run-up to it um and you kind of wonder like why the, the reasoning behind that and the idea is that you know the kind of argument is that they're looking to nail down uh broadcasting contracts you know, for the next couple, next couple of, of years. And honestly, I think Matt, just from kind of my, again, my layman um, perspective on this, I think that that really, that putting it out this early kind of favors the players a little bit more because, um, you know, you and I both work in, uh, you know, marketing media, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, we were kind of talking about that before we came on. Um you know, it's, it's, it's grown. The, the advertising and media area has grown significantly in just the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very likely that in the next five years, the, the landscape is going to change immensely. I mean, two years ago, we didn't have YouTube TV and Hulu live to watch sports, you know? And I I think from the NFL side, I think they want to nail down these contracts now before things change before the the landscape changes even more and they're in a worse position because you know yeah it's 20 months from now before the cba expires but the landscape could vastly change in mm-hmm. just that time yeah. so to you know i think i think that it the onus is more on the owners to get this done rather than on the player side and i think that works in the player's favor because the players can say you know we'll go we don't care if we're playing on you know youtube or or Fox or whatever, like we're still going to make, you know, the basically the same amount of money. So I, I think coming out this early, it really favors the players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't care. Like if it's going to be broadcast on Amazon prime and I have a prime account, like I, I'll watch it, but they don't, it doesn't really make a difference to them. And uh, Pat McAfee was talking last week in this episode, I'm referencing just about how 10 years ago, how the NFL really had a really good PR run at this. Um, that kind of breaks down into like our realm, Dan, a little bit of the marketing campaign of where the NFL was kind of viewed it as or transitioned the blame to the players where although the owners were like locking them out or 
not letting him in the building, it almost seemed like the players were on strike then. They weren't entering the building. They were avoiding it. But, like, in reality, they couldn't. And just it seemed like whoever acted first last time, which it seemed, it was definitely the owners, uh, that now it, it's kind of a power struggle. You're trying to figure out who has the power. So initially it seemed like it was the owners that started bringing this up to, like you said, negotiate for the TV deal, the broadcasting deal, and whatever else may develop. Like, who knows? Maybe five years from now we're viewing games on TikTok. Like, that could be. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a new <laughs> yeah. app. Maybe there's a new app that comes out that we're watching on there. Or maybe TikTok's just like, you know what? I'm going to take your game, your two-and-a-half-hour game. I'm going to crunch it down into 20 minutes because I know the attention span of everyone in this world. So who knows? But at the same point... Like they're they have to get ahead of the curve, and I think the way the 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 players have at least tried to combat that, even though I don't think they've done it correctly, and I'll explain why. Is the players have at least started talking about it and getting it out in the open and communicating with each other. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem that they're actually like telling us why, like what's wrong. Like, do you want an extra half a percentage per year? Mm-hmm. Do you want? you know xyz do you want like you have to kind of like in a negotiation like it's it's fine and dandy to to you know say you don't like something or you like this but like you have to tell us specifically what you i guess not us but for us for us as fans to want to always take the side of a player i'm always probably going to take the side of a millionaire or a billionaire that's just me like I, tell me why aaron Rodgers. tell me why jj Watt. you don't like this like give me give me some substantial reasoning behind that and I, if they were able to do that i think that would give them even more leverage over the owners true very true and you know it's still like we said it's still very early on mm-hmm. all of this you know mm-hmm. but just kind of the initial responses that um you know the owners very clearly have a impotence to get this done quickly and the pushback from the majority of the players is let's pump the brakes on it we're you know we Mm want to make sure that this gets done correctly and one of the one of the players and I, i mean that loosely like in quotes players not a football player one of the players within this whole thing is like the referees like those poor guys, like, where do they even stand yeah. right now? They're not even full-time employees yet. Like, they haven't been – as far as I know, I don't think anything happened in the last few years that I've missed. But, like, these poor guys. Like, Tony Romo signing $17 million deals. Players are getting yeah, an extra $250 million, And, like, the the referees are just thrown under the bus habitually. It's terrible. Like, there should be something for these guys or and women. Like, there should, there's got to be something that the, the NFL needs to do for them. Well, and I wonder, too, if, you know, with – with everything that happened this year, maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment. And also, too, maybe this isn't something that can be negotiated in, in a CBA. But, you know, how many times have we seen players come out after controversial moments that, you know, referees didn't make a call or decided not to go to, uh, you know, the review or, you know, even with the, the new pass interference this year? Um, you know, how much is that an issue for for players in the upcoming CBA mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe there's something that the players want more control over what's getting implemented into the game each year in the rules committee or, you know, something like that. You know, I think there is, there's a very symbiotic relationship between the referees and players in kind of that sense is, you know, we're both here to make the game work and, you know, let, let's help each other. Let's help each other do that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's uh, let's get into the the hypothetical realm, Matt. Let's let's sit down at the bargaining table, you and I, mm-hmm. and we we've got we've got an, uh, 
we've got a front row seat here to everybody. You know, you're sitting in front of Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell and, and everybody else. And you've got, you've got, you know, two minutes to give your elevator pitch for what you want in the CBA. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving the leeway of, you know, even stuff that prob- that will never be implemented, you know, it, whatever it is, like, you don't need to be presidential about this. You get three things. Three what things. Are you, okay. What are, you, what are you putting in? What are you proposing? You have me go first because I, I I'm anytime we do these, Dan. I feel like you have better ideas than I always do. So I'm gonna go first. <laughs> I, I swear, like I'm not even like I just every time I forget something. Like and I always like I'm always like listening I'll, to whatever else. And you guys have some creative angle that I just completely miss. I'll go first if you want. No, 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 I, no, no, no. Go, no. You go, can go you forth. can trump you can trump my points. So <laughs> the first one I want to see. Uh, is kind of branches off the free healthcare. I think that's great for the players. We've obviously seen just how detrimental it can be to the health. And if you watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. you even know even how much just how wild the football can play a toll on you, even if there's other things going on in your life. But I think next to healthcare, most importantly, is like an accounting and sort of an investment situation where – I don't want to say players have to pay into a trust fund and they get paid out because I know there is some things set up like that. But, like, let's give these guys a chance, like, if they don't make it in the league after the first year or two. Like, give them some sort of backing through the NFLPA, through the NFL, like, former players situation where they're able to at least have some backing for, you know, a year or two, 24 months, whatever it is, where they're, you know, help getting you know their their money managed i know there's some things in place like that but let's really make it a personal level and maybe they're just like life skills like something how to apply for a job Mm -hmm. uh do a resume network you know learn these soft skills that once you're let's be honest like once you're 30 like you're probably out of the league like that's really what it comes down to so let's see these guys be able to maybe become a dominique fox of the NFLPA. Let's see these guys that are, you know, taking on different initiatives. So I think that's just overall like a, a health and wellness and accounting investment, something around that angle. Uh, the second thing is, I believe this was talked about right when it came out a couple of weeks ago, but um, just the legalization of weed. Like I think it, to this point, if we're suspending players for this, it's, it's asinine. Every time it happens, there's a joke about it. Mm-hmm. Now I think there is definitely a conversation we had between, uh, medicinal marijuana use and habitually abusing substances. Uh, and I point towards, you know, I hate to call him out, but Josh Gordon, like there, mm-hmm. or even um, there's another player that's slipping my mind, but where they're just consistently not only, you know, smoking weed, they're drinking excessively, they're doing other drugs. Like, I think there just needs to, let's just get one of them off the table. Like let them use weed. If they're using, you know, pot before games, like whatever. Uh, I think that does put them at risk. Just, for some other situations and I don't think they're going to be handling things as properly, but some people have, you know, build a tolerance. So let them have that. And I think that'll just eliminate some other issues as far as um, the prescription pills that they're on, the, the yeah. team's and, push and all that. And, you know, and that, and that got, that got pushed out there is that that was part yeah. of the, the CBA stuff. So I think that's not, you know, completely off the wall for sure. And and then the third thing, I think just let these players have some damn fun. Like really, like let stop with this rules of like you can't have custom cleats during yeah. games. You can't wear 
you know, whatever it is. I don't think you should be wearing $250,000 watches, Odell Beckham. But at some point, like, <laughs> let them wear something that's a little flashy. Like, let them have a towel that, you know, they're like, let them have, let, let them have some fun. Like the NBA, like the NBA lets these guys do all this stuff. Like, you're trending more and more towards the MLB where it's like, it's that old headed mentality where it's, again, no fun league. Like, I don't know what that entails. And I know you have to, you know, draw a line somewhere and they have brought that back a little bit with celebrations. That was cool. But let's like, again, let's let them have custom cleats. Let them raffle those cleats off. Like let some of that money go towards charities. Let them give back to their communities or their, their neighborhoods they grew up in or the school they went to high school, middle school, college, like let them do what they want. Let them market themselves. And like, don't think every single time that JJ Watts out in the press or, uh, Odell Beckham's got some shoes on like that. It's just a negative thing. And you have to get some percentage off that NFL, like let them do their thing, let them market themselves and let them just have fun. And it's only going to just drive attention from people that normally wouldn't be NFL fans or football fans to the sport. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that it, it's, it's almost like one of those no brainer things where like you don't need to do anything if you're the NFL to be making money you you wake up and you're going to make money as the NFL. Let you let the players handle themselves kind of thing and take that marketing aspect out of your hands and let let them advertise that game for you. You know? That that totally makes sense. Um okay, so here's here's what I've got and I got a little um yeah, I got a little bit more in depth. I got okay. I got a little. I, I'm sure well, you did. See, I knew I, it. I knew it. Like, I'm glad I went first. Okay, so not like in depth in I guess like terms of details and everything like that. But I got okay. a little bit. I got a little bit more um, money focused on it. Okay. So the first one, I, when I was reading about this, I, I it's really the first time I can remember like um, hearing about this uh, and and really kind of maybe comprehending what all it was. But the the fully funded rule um, in of the NFL, where basically it's you know when you give somebody a portion of a guaranteed contract, they have to take the money that isn't being paid yet that's still guaranteed and put it into escrow. So that cash still sits there in the bank and it's not there you know as a cash flow for for the teams, which uh, you know is kind of an excuse that can be pointed to for NFL teams to why they don't do more guaranteed contracts because it ties up a lot of money in escrow. Um, And, you know, there's really not a a need to have it around anymore because these teams are very profitable. You know, there's really no chance you're not going to make payroll for uh, anybody that's guaranteed at this point. So that that was that was kind of the, the the first one up front that I think is a pretty easy one. And from some of the stuff that I was reading from different people um, on ESPN and SB Nation and stuff like that, it seems like that could be one that is um, actually addressed and, and really uh, taken care of. Um, the next one uh, is the one that I that would never fly ever, um, but I penalties for owners and teams that take public money for new stadiums and upgrades. Um, So another thing that I was, you know, kind of reading up on is that owners um, have the ability to take 
some of that gross revenue that comes in that they split between the players and put it towards renovations for stadiums and, and upgrades. Um, obviously for the owners, that's a important thing for them. You know, they want that extra piece of money that comes in off the gross side of things, um, you know, to help out, help out their stadiums. But then, you know, they also will turn right around and still, you know, bilk cities out of millions and billions of dollars for these stadiums that they don't really necessarily need. And so I think, you know, proposing a rule or having a rule in place where if you're an NFL owner and you go to a city and, you know, you want the city to to pay, you know, property taxes or, you know, do this, this and this, then you forfeit some of the money from from that revenue deal. Obviously, again, it would never fly and you'd have to put a lot of things in place to prevent loopholes and, and things like that. But um, you know, just in a theoretical world, having that kind of setup in a CBA, I think would be beneficial more for that's more for the fans, you know, and mm-hmm. I, again, that's, you know, um, the players don't have a vested interest in that. They don't really care. And the owners obviously wouldn't want that. Um, but that's, you know, just something that if I was there, I, I, I'd like that. Okay. Um, my last one, this is my, my in-depth one. You're going to follow me with it. I'm ready. 18 game season. Okay. Here's how it breaks down. I want three blocks of six weeks. All right. Okay. Everyone gets the same bye week. You know, everyone's everyone's getting the same bye week at the same time. Um, you know, it, I think it helps eliminate schedule. You know, schedule things uh, between teams. Um, I, I think it makes kind of it, it compartmentalizes the schedule. And I, I kind of really like that idea. It, um, it goes back again to like uh, English Premier League. They have mm-hmm. these kind of built-in week, two week-long breaks, you know, for players to go play internationally. But for in this sense, if you're putting in extra games like this, I think you have to build in these bye weeks for every single team that happen at the same time. And it's a it's a way I think for players to plan around a recovery process. Teams can you know plan around um, you know players coming back from injury. If you you know have some kind of major injury happen near the end of one of those kind of three week blocks, you have an extra week to kind of prepare or make changes to 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 um, you know to prepare for the rest of it. Um, and, you know I think it just it adds to the suspense of the season. To, to really stretch this out even more like this, because think about, you know, you get to the end of this, the, the second, you know, block of, of games here. Well, now all you're going to spend the whole week is talking about the next six games for everybody. And you're getting basically like a mini off season where, you know, the players are getting the benefit of not working, but you're still generating content and, you know, news around the team, around the league, which Mm -hmm. I think is a win-win. And the, the thing that I think works out best for everybody, players, fans, everyone, the third week of the season, the third part of the season is the week of Thanksgiving. So you come back out of the break and your Thanksgiving games are the, the kickoff to the end of the season, right? Oh yeah. I like that. Think about that. Now that that's good marketing. Six weeks plays out. 
till about the your last games of the first week of January. I think you take a bye week after that last week for everybody. Um, and then you play through, this is assuming, you know, no change to the playoff format. Right. Um, so you play through the rest of the off season as normal by week after the championship games. And at least the way it worked out for the, for next year, um, Super Bowl Sunday would be the day before president's day, which is already a federal holiday. So there's a pretty darn good chance. There's a Damn. pretty darn good you're chance my language here. that your Super Bowl Sunday is going to be right before an already federal holiday. So there's no more question of do we make it a holiday or not. Now, with the way the schedule works out, there's a pretty good chance it's already going to be a holiday. Oh, man. And so that that's my that's my pie in the sky schedule. Jay, I like it. Like, like I, I was, was ready, ready to, to counter, counter your, your um, like where they have the breaks. Mm-hmm. But I wonder... That might work good. And then could they possibly do like a tryout period with like the XFL guys? Like implement right. that and maybe if they want to sign. But I the, the the back end of the schedule, holy cow, like the Thanksgiving Day, like the, the President's Day, like dang. Yeah. And then you know, and then you know, you can use those bye weeks, you know, as a kind of a natural point for uh, you know, the trade deadline mm-hmm. or, you know, other other major milestones in the season. I think I think it really works out well and you know if you're gonna add, if you're gonna add this, these many games, I don't think you can just flippantly give teams two bye weeks like in kind of their schedule. I, I think it just makes so much more sense if you're gonna make it this kind of big, stretch it out. There's no need to cram all of those games into that kind of, you know, week by week by week. Like, like I think I think there's enough of an appetite for football that fans will take two weeks off and, you know, and be okay and satiated with the idea of looking ahead. So that, like that's it. my, that's my thoughts. I knew you were going to have better ideas than me. That's just what, <laughs> that's what you just do. It's fine. I'm okay. Yes, I accept I, it. I, I understand at this point. I only have, I only, I only have better ideas in this scenario because <laughs> Janelle's not here to one up me because we know Janelle comes in strong with all this stuff as well. Fair. So. That's fair. That's a fair yeah. point. So obviously, um, you know, there's going to be way more coming out about this uh, in the next several months. I think it is going to be an issue that gets pushed, especially after the draft and we move into full off-season mode. We'll probably see a lot more of it. Um, so I, personally, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on it. I, I find it super interesting. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, I think we did a good job of just kind of, of breaking this down. And it, it needed to be discussed because – I mean, even the next couple, next week or two, we might, we're going to hear, you know, a full official vote on, uh, on the CBA. So exactly, exactly. So, uh, obviously, um, you know, at the point of the season we're at now, the draft is the king of everything. We finished the combine and, you know, we just got the message, the, you know, the trumpet sound from Andy Herman that, you know, we're in full on draft mode now today. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, stick with us here at the Pack of Day podcast as we get ready to uh, to fully jump into the draft and fully uh, break down everything that comes along with that. There'll be player breakdowns, position breakdowns, mock drafts. Um, a, a shout out to the guys too that um, did the uh, the listener mock draft. I thought that was really well done. I, I, I'm looking forward to way more content like that um, 
next couple of weeks. It's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but as we wrap up, Matt, um, where can people find uh, find you out on the social medias? For sure. Yeah, I do most of my damage, uh, Packer-related or sports-related or really just hot take anything on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A. You can also find Janelle Mackey, who's not here to pump herself, uh, at Big Mac underscore four. That's Big M-A-C-K underscore four. Uh, Dan, where, where do you do all your really good stuff uh, I tweet really stupid things and uh, and a lot of gifts on on Twitter at DK all the way. If you want to follow me there, Matt pulled you pulled receipts on me uh, the other day. I did. I did. That, that, that was, was really was... off the top of my brain too. Like I had <laughs> edited I edited the last episode with Marcus Eversall. Everyone should go listen. But yeah. yeah, when I was editing at the end, I'm like, God, that was so funny. And it just like just the way you said it. It was, it was just in, it was ingrained. So that was good. It was good. Yeah. Good. And then, uh, obviously of course here at the, the podcast, follow us. I pack a day podcast, um, for all the information on there as well. Um, like you say every week, uh, make sure you like subscribe, rate, review the podcast, tell your friends about it. Um, you know, as you get ready for the draft again, stick with us the next couple of weeks. Uh, but until next time, We'll have uh, Janelle back with us. We'll do the trio again, and we'll be able to do a a three-person Go Pack Go. But for now, it's just two Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.